Hi everybody, Captain Lou here. Hey, if you're like me, you want to look good on the golf course, but it often comes at the expense of feeling good. Well, Mariler Brothers Golf has polos that look good and feel good. With their lightweight and stretchy material that hugs your body, you will feel good and look just as good. Their polos are guaranteed to make you look better, but it's up to you to get your golf game better. On a hot summer day on the golf course, there's no polo that you would rather wear than Mailer Brothers Golf Signature Polos. Mailer Brothers Golf has a large catalog of photos with designs for those who want a loud design or maybe more of a sleek and subtle looking design. They also have fun t-shirts, hats, tumblers, and so much more to make your golfing experience that much better. Hey, when you're at MailerBrothers.com, Make sure you use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off your discount. That's the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off. MailerBrothers.com, your place to go for polos and making yourself look good on the golf course. And again, use the promo code BELLYUP for 15% off. That's MailerBrothers.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Here comes pressure, throws it to Eckler on the screen. He's got a block to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. High pass. Did Williams make that catch? My goodness. For a first down, Herbert with time. Now running out of time. Throws on the run. Down the sideline. Caught in the end zone. Keenan Allen for the touchdown. Throws, and again it's intercepted. And that's Asante Samuel. Here's another one. Watch out. How did it feel when Derwin James absolutely powerbombed the f*** out of you on national television? You're listening to the Shock Therapy Podcast with Tyler Lawrence and Zach Alfers. And we're back with another episode of the Shock Therapy Podcast. Zach, uh, you get a chance to watch the World Baseball Classic at all? Um, Just the last. Highlights throughout the the entirety of the tournament, um, but definitely checked like the last three four innings of the the final, and um, what a, what an up and down roller coaster, and what a, a historic way to to end that uh, show. He on the mound against his his teammate forever in the MLB and Mike Trout, and strikes him out for third out to to win the World Baseball Classic. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the next one to come around. I think we have to, some time to wait, but um, really, really great players going at it, and really excited for the season, which kicks off, you know, opening days next week. So, it, yeah, it's a Friday, fun time. right? Next Friday. Ne- uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's the thirtieth is when the Padres' opening day is at least. Padres' first game is Thursday, but I think I don't think everybody plays Thursday. I think the uh, uh, the typical opening day for every team is Friday. So, I but I do yeah. think. Some teams get some games. I know the Giants play on Thursday. I think Pods get their season kicked off against the Rockies on Thursday. But opening day, we're going to call it opening day. All the teams going with all the festivities. Uh, that will be Friday. I think you're right. Yeah. So, dude, I just thought it was crazy, though, because you've got the the current best player in baseball in Otani and the former best player in baseball in Trout going head-to-head in the final last like like what a what a peak of a moment that was right it's awesome too because teammates like you don't 
teammates, right? You don't get to see that in MLB action, and we're not going to be able to see that unless, you know, Shohei or or Mike Trout get dealt, but uh, which is a possibility, but still, it, it, it was fun. The stories were there. Um, exciting baseball from, from just a really high-quality game, um, and there's just so much out there now. It, it is an international game. Um, you had some, you know, really, really strong group play. Um, there was some good baseball that was being played. And so I'm really excited for that to just lead into the MLB season. Yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I was really pissed because I missed the game. I just totally spaced about it. I totally forgot about it. And then I see the, the ticker on my phone. I go, oh, no, I missed the game. And then I missed that moment. Like, getting the highlight is cool. But, like, being in that moment, being, like, engaged emotionally is, like, totally different. I totally missed that moment. That's something I'm never going to get back. It's terrible. Well, you got to queue up the next one. Um but it was such a, an interesting game. I we I was in I was working and I was just getting off when that game was starting, um, and uh, one of somebody in, in the office was like, "Yep, Carl Schwarber is going to go deep and right on cue, jacks it out of the the park at 450 degrees." Right when he does that, oh, just a rant. It was sunny outside, and then a, just a, a, a nasty little uh, strike of th- thunder happened, and then a five minute freak hailstorm just out of nowhere. So it's just like. Yeah, I, just, I thought was it was weird. a lot of fun. Oh, it was great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about something I got to do last weekend. So uh, I got the opportunity to volunteer with the Bolts community crew last weekend, which was a lot of fun. Uh, while I'm kind of talking about this, let me go ahead and show you some some pictures real quick as I'm uh, talking about this kind of cool event that the Bolts community crew had put on. All right, you guys see that? You guys can see that. So, uh, and I can use that. So, uh, I got to volunteer with the Bolts Community Crew last weekend at the Second Harvest Food Bank. Uh, we were able to help sort 30,000 pounds of produce. This is an awesome opportunity to give back to community with an organization that partners with other organizations to ship food donated, uh, food bank donated items to those suffering from food insecurity in Orange County. Uh, the Second Harvest Food Bank of Orange County envisions an Orange County with food and nutritional security for all. In collaboration with their partners, uh, they provide dignified, equitable, and consistent access to nutritious food, creating a foundation for community health. Uh, they have their own farms, and they are run almost entirely by volunteers, more so than employee workers, oftentimes with their warehouse filled with, filled with more than 80% of volunteers. Uh, in 2022, their food distribution totaled 32 million pounds of food that was sent to over 300,000 families per month. I wanted to thank the Bolts community crew for putting this together. Uh, this volunteer opportunity was a lot of fun to, to be able to go out there with some of our own uh, fans, the Bolt fam. Uh, they turned out really, really well, as you can see from some of these photos. Uh, it was just a, a really great opportunity. And it was a lot of a lot of fun, met a lot of cool people and something that, you know, I just kind of wanted to do and have some fun. So, uh, yeah, so I got to go ahead and do that. That was awesome. Um, what else are we talking about here today? <laughs> uh, Let's get into the so, paid programming. <laughs> okay, here we go. So um, we're going to talk a little bit about edge rushers today. Uh, I did. I did just kind of want to pull that out there, uh, and I'm gonna let you kind of go ahead and go first. 
what are you, what are your thoughts on uh, some of these edge rushers in this draft class? Oh, overall, I think we got one uh, again one of the stronger position groups in in this in this whole class, um, and a versatile one. You got stand up re- edge rushers. You got outside li- traditional outside linebackers. You got some versatile D linemen who could, you know. Big DNs that that have the pass rush capabilities of moving inside and playing um, in the nose tackle position, so uh, or D tackle position, mind you. Um, I, I think it's super versatile class. I think it's a very very deep class, um, full of just crazy athletes. I, I think we say that every year, especially at, at that position. These guys are big. They're stronger than other people. They're faster than other people. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. Every year we get some anomalies and I got some, definitely some freaks on my list. Um, but I think it's a good year for the chargers who these guys are some really quality talents going to, going to slide just because of the makeup of the draft. Um, you know, there's going to be a, a run on quarterbacks. There's plenty of wide receivers. And, and we've seen the last couple of years, um, even with the, the deep wide receiver class, got teams are moving up, making trades to go get some new young blood from that, you know, the new receiver class. So we got a, a strong tight end class. Um, I see. I think this is a really good year for the Chargers just on their draft needs. Right. We need some uh, developmental. We could use a, a tight end later. We could use a, a developmental rotational edge piece um and i think in the first two rounds we got plenty of guys to to fill that role for for the chargers a bunch of good uh run defenders as well it's a it's a really really strong class you're talking in the top 15 there's going to be three edge rushers taken it's going to be will anderson you're going to see miles murphy go early yeah. you're also going to see tyree wilson these guys are kind of like freaks of nature like they're, they're yeah crazy Outside the reach of the Chargers, um, I don't think we're going to talk too much about some of the top-in talent because I don't think a lot of those guys are going to be there at 21. Uh, But I do think that there is going to be a need for an edge rusher. You've got Khalil Mack, uh, who's, you know, in the later part of his career, may not be here next year. Uh, Joey Bosa has a huge, huge cap next season that we're going to have to go and figure out. And the depth that we have behind him, uh, no Kyle Van Noy. Uh, and then you're talking about our fourth round draft pick from um, two seasons ago being uh, Chris Rump, you know, hasn't really played up to the the par that we've been looking for. Been a pretty decent special teamer, but overall, I just don't, uh, I don't think I have enough faith to just be happy with that kind of group in itself. Um, I did put together a, um, a, a current depth chart right now for us to go ahead and look at um go ahead and pull this off so if you're taking a look um you know green is going to be like really good starters light green kind of decent starters yellow players who should probably make the roster could be you know playing a um a pretty significant rotational role for us of that nature uh in the orange kind of area are players that um, we could probably use an upgrade over. They'll probably make the 53-man roster. And then in the red are going to be your legitimate, like we need to upgrade. These are kind of practice squad types of players, players who really should have an outside chance of making the 53-man roster. Uh, and one of those positions that we absolutely need to replace is going to be Ty Shelby, who's our current um, backup edge rusher playing Khalil Mack. So 
we definitely need to upgrade, especially on the offensive and defensive lines. I think that's going to be where we're kind of the thinnest right now. Uh, and I think that there's going to be quite a few players in this draft class because you were talking about it. It's a, it's a really, really strong draft class this year. Um, and we can talk a little bit about some of these players. I'm going to go ahead and let you talk about the first edge rusher that you went and um, scouted and who, yeah. who are you going to talk about? I'll go right into my edge rushers and won't get too much into the uh, weeds of, you know, you having my high school teammate Keelan Doss there in the red. I think this is Keelan's year, but I do agree we need some some depth at the receiver position. Just wanted to put that out there. Back to the program. <laughs> We're talking about the guy that Mo- wouldn't reach out back to you for a ah, for an he's big that time. Guy. He's big time in me. He he's probably buried in DMs. I don't hold it personally, but hey, Keelan, he's not buried in DMs. Nobody's respond, talking about man. Keelan. Doss. I taught you everything. Remember, I, I used to lead the receiver lines. <laughs> I know he remembers. We're gonna talk. Let's go, man. <laughs> I'm going. I'm talking about Nolan Smith. Big old D end out of Georgia. And this Georgia team is, is just dumping NFL talent these days. They had a great draft class led year last year, absolutely took over. Um, and they're talking about, you know, Nolan Smith as, as one of the better prospects in, in the last couple recruiting classes. You know, 6'2, 238 pounds, long arms, 32 and 58 inches, a wingspan over 80 inches nine inch hands the dude is big and kirby smart over there and that that bulldog staff has been doing such a great job acquiring talent um but there there's a a legit argument to be made that nolan smith is probably one of his best recruits the last couple of years um number one recruit in the 2019 class instantly saw the field came the defensive newcomer of, of the year that year saw you know 11 games 18 tackles for loss with two and a half sacks um just a disruptor back there. And then the last two years, uh, eight tackles for loss, four and a half sacks in 2021. Last year, he had seven tackles for loss with three sacks. Uh, the guy can get back in the, in the, in the uh, disrupts. He's just a disruptor, right? He gets back into the, into the quarterback's lap. He's in the face of running backs before they get the ball and was a big, big part of that 2021 national championship team. Last year, uh, he did, you tear his pectoral, but in eight games still had seven tackles for loss. Um, so you, you see that he was just gearing up for a, a fantastic year, um, ripped his pec and had to sit out the year. But, you know, you, you just from looking at the combine numbers, I think he has recovered, uh, was an absolute stud at the combine, uh, 4.3940, a 41 and a half inch vertical, uh, almost 11 inch broad jump and, and at his size uh you're getting a tremendous athlete just you, you're looking at the tape the dude just blows off it's super explosive on on that first step just surging downhill into blockers he can use his leverage to just burst and use that burst and and it, you know turn that into power that lateral mobility i think is also a really good strength of his uh with just in that short area he he knows how to get nimble he's a naturally fast player so you, you know you're not going to have to turn on the 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 motor for him and he's just a fluid athlete i think you're going to get a, a great competitor with nolan smith um an elite athlete who dynamic as a pass rusher already a high level run defender which i think fits in really well for what the chargers need um just a big old guy who look right there just 
dropping the the running back before he even gets you know two steps in so his arsenal as a pass rusher i think still needs some work but i'm taking i'm I'm gonna work with him just because of the the intangibles there he has the speed he has the power the long arms to get blockers off of his you know shoulders and into his chest um he's really good at stacking blocks and plugging holes in the run game and so i think he's an exciting prospect and i think he makes a lot of sense for what the chargers have been missing these last couple years which is a a legitimate run stuffing run stopping uh the end and so i i like i like smith's fit for his team and i like him as a prospect overall do you think he's a little undersized by a chance like because I, I know that's kind of the big knock on him and the other thing is like he doesn't have a whole lot of experience uh not one that you would expect for a player that you know went to georgia right like he was a, a rotational piece they have a ton of pass rushers but he doesn't have a whole lot of starting experience i mean he was gone for the last eight months uh, statistically speaking, he doesn't have like anything that really pops out at you. Is that yeah. kind of a concern of yours by chance? It's not a concern. Um, I, I, I know he's 6'2", but he's long, right? 80-inch wingspan, these big old hands. Um, There's the arm length of 32 and 5'8 inches. Like he, he, he has he's, – his arms are much longer than you'd think at 6'2". And then he's explosive. Uh, and then I don't want to, you know, knock him for play. There's a bunch of dogs on that bulldog team, and who was it last year? Uh, was it was a there was a similar knock on one of the D linemen from last year. It's like, oh, he doesn't have a whole lot of playing experience. It might have been Jordan Davis, um, one of those guys. There's like eight of them, so it's like you, 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 I don't think you can knock him for not playing because he's playing behind a bunch of other NFL bound stars. So I, I think when he was in there, he was super productive. Eight tackle. Seven tackles for loss in eight games, I think, is is solid production. Um, he's probably going to be, you know, getting a tackle for loss every other game in the NFL. But if he could do that as an edge rusher, as a rotational player, I think it makes a lot of sense because he's not going to be a plug in play starter, right? He's going to have to yeah. earn those minutes. So I think, yeah, and you that, know, he doesn't have those it. tools like you're saying. Like he's a really, really good run stuffing edge no defender who is undersized so when you're undersized and you're good at the thing that people that are undersized are typically bad at and then you've got that four three what was it what do you four, write at the combine four three nine four three nine forty like he's gonna develop the pass rushing ability he's gonna be like an a plus i mean i mean he's the things that you would expect him to be bad at he's good at mm-hmm which is the opposite of what his knock is. So, like, I, I really like Nolan Smith. Uh, I just question whether or not he's ready. I mean, as a second-round pick, I get it, but he's getting first-round hype, and I just – I don't think he's as developed or has the experience to go and be that first-round pick. So, yeah, I have, where do you um, think he falls? I have him at the, the – like, yeah, people love him end of the first round, but I think he the value is more of a early – day two pick in the, in the second round. Um, but I don't, I, I could see teams getting, you know, being excited about him because of, you know, pass rushing isn't, doesn't come naturally to everybody. Um, but he has the skills to, he has the skills, he has the length to be able to develop that eventually. Give this guy some snaps, you know, get him into an NFL training camp, let him learn from a Khalil Mack and a Joey Bosa type of room. Um, this guy's going to pick it up pretty fast. He's a he's a phenomenal uh, character. He's a good locker room presence, uh, an extreme competitor. Um, and and so you're, day one, you're going to get one of the best run defenders in the class. We're going to work with him on his pass rushing ability, and he's going to become a legit 
D end in this league. Give him a couple years, but he's going to be solid. All right. Well, I'm going to talk about BJ Ojolari. Um, wasn't a player I initially had that I was going to cover, but I, I made some changes. I actually had uh, Tuli Tulia Pope Topo, whatever from USC, but I think of him more as an interior pass rusher. And I'm looking for edge rushers, right? And BJ Ojolari uh, is going to be a, a really good one as a high school player at Georgia. Uh, he put up some really remarkable numbers: 335 tackles. 78 tackles for loss, 33 sacks, four forced fumbles and five fumble recoveries in just three seasons. As a senior in 2019, he set Marietta High School's record for sacks, uh, leading his team to a state championship. Uh, he left high school as a really, really highly sought after four-star prospect, uh, receiving offers from all the football powerhouses, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia. His physical attributes were just put to use immediately at LSU, and he made an impact right away. He's a little bit lighter as an edge rusher. You're talking about a player who's 6'2", 250 pounds, but he wins with speed. His first step is explosive. He jolts opponents, and he's got a really, really sudden change of direction. Uh, and that ability allows him to kind of disappear from one gap to another. Uh, he's visibly come up with like a – like he's got a pass rush plan when he gets up to the line of scrimmage. He sets his linemen up, uh, always working the outside shoulder – he showcased a beautiful ghost move, fainting his inside hand to force the blocker to extend before recoiling and dipping under. Additionally, he's got really, really good ankle and hip flexion. Uh, he's able to really get nice bend around the edge, and he explodes toward the quarterback. Uh, he can play in a two- or three-point stance, but he's at his best from a wide alignment that really takes advantage of his speed. That gives him a runway to really convert his speed to power, which is done very consistently with him. Uh, he can play... Uh, two or three point stance, but he's most effective from that wide alignment. I already said that he has already displayed a long arm bull rush technique that was better than his brother's in college. Uh, his brother plays for the Giants, I believe. Uh, his motor's unquestionable. He generates second, even third pressure uh, effort pressures and sacks. He's nimble on his feet and run defense, chases down running backs and quarterback sideline to sideline with ease. Uh, he's proved that he can really use a blocker's momentum against them and he's a really reliable tackler um i'm really excited about him as a draft prospect um a little undersized super super athletic probably going to go in the second round uh he's one of my favorite edge rushers in this draft class bj i love the name too ojalari um and coming in right after his brother i i we, there's a yeah a lot of hype around around the Ojolari brothers, but um I'm gonna talk about this guy and um, bear with me I gotta get this right because this guy is a a riser in in right now in this the draft world but Ade Tamua Adobare get that name down folks this guy is a stud Northwestern um, D lineman his, his sophomore season is the first time he saw the field and ended up with six tackles for loss with a couple of sacks. But these last couple of years, his junior and his senior year, um, each with eight and a half, you know, junior year, four and a half sacks, eight and a half tackles for loss. He upped that last year as a senior with five sacks, nine tackles for loss. And this is one of those versatile D linemen that I, that I was talking about. For the Wildcats, you saw Adabare. You know, as a stand-up edge, at the five tech, as the four inside, as three tech, he could play it all across the line. And for a team with like the Chargers, who need depth at every 
uh, D-line position, I think this is another guy that makes a whole lot of sense. Um, and now because of we don't really know where you're going to plug Adabare in, I think you're going to get varying types of projections for the kid. Um, it really just depends what teams are looking for. Um, but I think he has the size to, to play head up on tackles, the quickness to shoot the gaps inside. Um, he he is, a, at the end of the day, probably a developmental player, but he's somebody that I'm willing to invest in just because of that versatility. I, I just love to see that um, in a Brandon Steely type of defense. Uh, also just a, a really great athlete. He had a high school record in the shot put, uh, demonstrating just that natural ability to just be an athlete, I guess. Um, Three-year starter for the Wildcats. And all of his coaching staff would just always talk about how smart this guy is, his football character, his his you know his makeup as a as a human um which i think is going to go a long way for his development which you know might not be as polished as as the other guys that we, we are talking about today but um i, I think he he's going to be a positive addition to any locker room wherever he fits in on the field um he has that competency and gap control he he knows how to read blocks and he's not super tall uh, but that natural kind of low to the ground kind of build that he has gains him natural leverage from play in and play out um he's always under the, the the pads of his opponent he has strong hands to create that jolt and establish stalemates at the initial contact and i i don't he doesn't have the length as, as some of these other guys have you know despite having a pretty solid frame uh but his best reps come i think as an interior player being able to penetrate that offensive line where, you know, his quickness and his center of gravity um, really are, you know, play to his strengths and always, always winning off the edge. You know, he doesn't have the best lateral bend, but I think his ability to rush from with power from those wider angles is a, a really big strength of his. Um, yeah. He's a big boy, man. Yeah. He's big. And I think, you know, I, I I do think the best spot for him is as an interior pass rusher because of the lack of just elite length. Um, but you could see this guy, you can move him around. I, I love him as a as a big DN two for those like you know the runs coming type of packages. Um, we're talking about his physicals. He's six two, two hundred eighty two pounds, thirty three inch arms, uh, ten and a half inch hands. So he has big hands. Um, and then at the combine, ran a four four nine forty. Jumped 37 and a half inch vertical with a broad jump of 10 feet and five inches. Um, he, he, I, I think that's what's going to make is going to get make get him drafted is just the, his ability, his natural leverage, his you know never dying motor and his pursuit skills. Um, he ha, he he could track some people down from from behind, even though you know he's he's not running the four three nine that Nolan Smith is running. But I, I think he projects as a gap defense probably a better interior rusher depending on the scheme fit um but but i like him i think he makes a lot of sense for the chargers too who who need to add depth at every position up up front on the d-line you know northwestern is really like 10 years ago i feel like they were not putting out the prospects they are now and now you've got it's a program <laughs> it that program has come together out of nowhere and become like a really really good football program i don't know what happened I mean, you look I, at Rayshon Slater, you look at this other offensive tackle that they've got. Um, they're, they're pushing out a lot of prospects really fast, and it just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, what what happened? Uh, well, and I, I, I think that's a good point, too, you know, because we I think we get, as, as football fans and college football fans in general, we kind of get 
enamored by the college football playoff. And if you're not competing in the college football playoff, we we just kind of have this, I don't know, uh, just this cast off of these other teams are not legitimate programs. But they're at the end of the day, four teams are getting in. So if you're not in the top four, there's other really, really solid programs. And like Northwestern. Well, they're expanding that, aren't they? Aren't they, they should. Like turning... They should. They, they yeah. are. But my, my point is not making it there doesn't make you doesn't mean you don't have a solid program putting multiple guys every year for the last five years into the nfl draft that is the the you know the core that is a solid great that's a really good football program that that is being built there in northwestern so credit yeah, to those they, guys they really do got something going good there i i really like their program quite a bit uh, i'm going to talk a little bit about isaiah foskey the notre dame uh tight end uh once i can get my screen shared uh so isaiah foskey he's 6'5 265 pounds he's got really good length uh he's just a phenomenal athlete uh he's a redshirt junior at notre dame he's playing edge he was a two-way athlete in high school played tight end and defensive end uh his future as a professional football player is going to be seen on the defensive side of the ball he was a four-star recruit in 2019 with offers from Alabama, Clemson. He ended up choosing Notre Dame. Uh, he emerged as a, a talent in 2020, accumulating four and a half sacks and five tackles for loss. In 2021, he really had his breakout season. I earned all independent, all-American recognition with 10 sacks, six forced fumbles. He's got really, really, really impressive athleticism and power capacity, uh, which has made him a top prospect in the 2023 NFL draft. Uh, his physical attributes are impressive. He's got real nice lean uh, and a compact frame that carries his weight incredibly well. Also has really excellent length that helps him in multiple phases of the game. Uh, he's got great bursts and acceleration off the snap. Really, it's elite. Like He gets off the ball in a hurry with, with an awesome motor. And he's got really good speed as an edge rusher. He's capable of building up that speed to surpass the apex and gain space inside the wide alignments. Uh, his package of high-end length and athleticism affords him some really excellent power uh, with the ability to blast uh, blockers off of their tracks, and he gets full extension, effectively drives power through those blocks with leverage and consistently uses that leg drive to, to really hold his ground. Uh, his agility is visible. Uh, he's got some twitch, allows him to build up that momentum heading into contact, uh, making it a, a really unpredictable uh, skill set for blockers to have to deal with in short ranges. Uh, his hand usage is particularly impressive. Uh, he's effective at loading up his hands to build up energy, and he launches that into contact on on uh, power on contact. In run defense, he's really well leveraged. He's able to sink his pads and extend. He sidesteps blocks. Uh, he likes to square up runners. His hand usage allows him to kind of stack violent swipes and extensions and moves them into combos, which can overwhelm offensive linemen. Uh, he's a really, really talented player. He tested off the charts at the combine. Uh, his relative athletic score, 9.55, 34-inch arms, ran a 4.58 40-yard dash as an edge rusher. That's wow. pretty elite. Um, 264 pounds, so he's got some size to him, um, some weight to him. 6.5, 34-inch vert, which is incredible for uh, that explosiveness. Uh, 10 foot five uh, 10 foot five inch broad jump so like this guy really tested at the the top of all edge rushers in his draft class sweet 
I'm going down my list. Um, I took a look at Andre Carter, the edge rusher out of Army. Um, and he's interesting. He, I, I, I find him very intriguing because raw athletic there. Uh, but it's, it's something that pops off on the tape. And I think, you know, every defensive coach in, in the league right now is, is kind of taking stock. Um, he's a high motor player and, you know, coming from the army, you know, is it an academy? Like, what would you call it? It's not army university. It's West point. Yeah. So, so it's, it's West a, point academy. Yeah, basically yeah. it's, it's a military school. So sure. like when you're done with your, your, your schooling, you go into the military as an officer with a, a four-year degree, but yeah. you typically are kind of tied to the military. Military actually have to give you permission to enter the draft. Oftentimes it, it becomes like a, a, a kind of a strong sticking point because some of these players, like it's their dream to go into the NFL. Sure. Very rarely do you have guys from the army or Navy um, actually go and be good enough to go into some sort of um, professional sport. It happens, but usually it's, it's kind of a, a pain for them. But, and, and my point bringing up, his, you know, the, the school he went to, this guy gets into an NFL locker room. What are you getting? You're getting a strong figure, a really great presence, a guy who is not a, afraid of hard work and he's going to lead by example. He's going to do things the right way. And so, you know, Although we didn't see the production last year kind of regressed, I still think his growth as a player, he's still pretty raw. I, I think that's what makes him intriguing. Um, and, and the reason he's raw is because he's very he's very new to the defensive side of the football. In high school, he was actually a wide receiver at a tight end, um, playing down there at Westbury Christian High in Houston. And so his transition to defense didn't take place until fall. After his 2019 redshirt season, he started taking his first defensive snaps in 2020. He appeared in nine games for Army um, and then absolutely took the, the nation by storm in 2021. Was the one of the best pass rushers in the nation. Finished with 14 and a half sacks. That, that's second in all of college football. Added another two and a half tackles for loss on top of that. Um, so really, really productive season. You saw that fall off last year. Just seven and a half tackles for loss with three and a half sacks. And I think that's because teams were paying attention to this guy um, on the field. I, I think we, we do have to work on his pass rush counters, you know, constructing more a comprehensive pass rush game plan to defeat these tackles. Uh, the tackle play he's going to see at the next level is going to be much better than he was, you know, playing an independent team like, like army, like army is um, now he has a really good, you know, the inside to, the, the the inside to outside uh fake that that's his like go-to move um and i think he he it's solid um his, his lack of punch i think is surprising i think that's something that needs to work on it's just not there for a guy that you, you would expect for a guy his size um still i i think you need to work with him i think that's going to be the primary focus of the, the nfl coaching staff for whichever team goes and drafts him uh, but the tools are there uh, he just needs to improve on you know errant hand placement the ineffective hand power that i was talking about the lack of discipline in his pad level and leverage um the false steps out of the blocks to to get to the quarterback um but the height the weight the speed that's what's going to stand out the athleticism it's there uh, he might not be the most dynamic. He might not be the most flexible on the edge, uh, but he's a developmenting talent. And I'm gonna take, I'm gonna take 
I'm interested in him because he's he's a giant guy. Uh, the intangibles are there. He's an edu- he, the educational background is there. I think that's going to make him a value valuable commodity. You know, this guy has a, a solid head on his shoulders, um, and I think he's going to be a great teammate and a great leader for whichever NFL team decides to you know take a flyer on him. Yeah, I think it's just going to be kind of hard for him to. I mean, he's really raw. Like he's yeah. got some crazy size. He's six six, like. 260 pounds uh didn't play for like a, a, a great you know uh program no, but yeah. like you're talking about the leadership skills that is being built at west point which is where the best of the best like you have to have a 4.0 you have to get yeah like letters from your senator like getting into that place is so difficult in itself uh if but like he's the highest graded player to come out of a um, uh, a military school that I can think of in I don't know how long. Like, it just doesn't typically happen that way. No, to talk about, like, how difficult it is to get into that school, one of my high school teammates, 5.0 GPA, was the starting varsity point guard, starting varsity uh, quarterback, and starting varsity catcher. So it's, like, all of these academics and a 5.0 on top of it. So it was like, t- I already had college credits and he went, he went to Navy, but it's like, that's the type of guy, that person that's getting in, adopted into these or allowed into these uh, Naval academies, these military academies. So it's, it's hard to get into. Yeah, it is. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about Derek Hall. Can you still hear me? Am I breaking yeah. up at all? Very good. All right, cool. So I'm going to talk about Derek Hall. So Derek Hall is um uh, once I find his stuff, it's kind of hard to kind of go back and forth on this. Derek Hall, Auburn, third round draft pick is what I have him graded at, which is kind of what I have Carter graded at as well. Another kind of smaller edge rusher. Uh, he's a senior. Oh. At just shy of 6'3", 254 pounds is what he weighed in at, at the combine. Uh, since joining the Tigers as a four-star recruit in 2019, he's been one of the most productive defenders in the entire SEC. Uh, nearly paced conference production the past two seasons behind that line of scrimmage. Uh, in 2021, he broke out as an SEC standout with nine sacks, 12 and a half tackles for loss, two forced fumbles in 2022. Uh, he built his breakout performance uh, with a six and a half sacks, 11.5 tackles for loss, an interception, and two forced fumbles in 2022. Uh, his ability in NFL projection is going to be backed by his really, really good pass rushing reps on tape which shows enough evidence of his productivity. He could have been even more productive in 2022 if Auburn's game scripts had invited more passing from the opposition. However, his ability to bring raw power and elite proportional length make him a really, really strong NFL prospect. Arguably, there's no edge rusher in the 2023 NFL draft that has more complete skill set than Hall has, uh, who just brings a really dense, compact frame, well-leveraged physical build, and rare proportional length, uh, a quick first step. He's got great closing burst. Uh, he's got brisk foot speed. Uh, his elite composite power capacity allows him to align himself behind rushes and really maximize his power outright. He's got strong natural leverage and play strength that contribute to his ability to routinely attain proper alignment. He establishes a half-man relationship on the edge, and he really rips down anchors to be construct and engage in pursuit. He's got agility and twitchiness, uh, which allows him to adjust his attack pass kind of quickly. 
Uh, he works across face against tackles. He counters inside after going outside. Uh, his length and frame allow him to really forklift blockers and prevents displacement and run defense. Uh, in addition, he's got a really vast array of power combos. He's really energetic. He's got some stutters, he takes wide tackles, violent rips. Um, he swims off long arms and he bull rushes. So he does kind of a little bit of everything. He doesn't do any of them at an elite level, but he does them all at a really, really good level. Uh, his physical profile has really got kind of few holes. Uh, the issue is that he's just not the, the biggest or most dynamic player. He's just really solid at everything he does, despite not being in the same uh, name as Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or Miles Murphy. So he's a really, really good football player. Uh, one of the most productive players at that Auburn um, program. All right. No, I was feeling like I was going to sneeze there. But um, going into my next guy, I, I took a look at Zach Harrison, the D-end out of Ohio State, and I think this guy's a, a talented and explosive player. He, he has the all of the, the intangibles that you're looking for, the size, the length, the strength, with the pass rush upside on top of it. And I think with some NFL coaching, some further development in his game, I, I think he has true impact starter potential. Um, and I, you got a big D end. He's not maybe the, the traditional edge rusher that you're looking for, but it's a solid D end who has the versatility to bump inside, to take advantage of mismatches, which I know Staley loves to do. Um, steady presence for a blue blood college football team in the Ohio state program has appeared in at least 10 games in three of his four seasons with the Buckeyes. Um, and I think you saw his best football last year, uh, 13 games, 34 tackles, eight for a tackle for loss, three and a half sacks. And he did a little bit of all. He had an interception. He batted down four, uh, four passes on, on the line. Um, also forced three, four fumbles. So versatile guy can really fill up the, the box score for you. Um, with with his athleticism and explosiveness, that that's his strength. You know, his ability to eat up a lot of grass with just one step right out the gates. Um, he uses his lengths to create separation from his blockers. He's able to convert, you know, his speed into that power rush to pop his hands, gets lineman's linemen off balance and stunned um, off their spot, and he's able to make a play after the fact. Um, he has. You know, developed a really solid toolbox of counters. Um, he could set up and, and defeat tackles however he feels fit. Um, and you, where do you say? Really, really strong at the point of the attack also against the run. The ability to shed blockers and, and get to the ball carrier, I think, is also another highlight. Um, I, I think what you're going to worry yourself a little bit about um, with Zach Harrison is that at times doesn't always get the best jump off the ball um, doesn't have the the true freaky uh, limbo bend um, that you'd like to see from your edge guys uh, I think you have seen him really really have you know like the Looney Tunes he gets the quarterback in his eyes and he kind of just goes crazy and really susceptible to the play action fake and I've seen him you know really intent on getting after the quarterback and letting the you know a, a draw or the running back kind of just sneak out from underneath his, his grasp. Um, in terms of physical attributes, you're getting, I, I said, the size, the length, the explosiveness, that's all there. The length, I think, is, is his biggest asset. I um, mean, he uses it to his advantage every single play. Um, 
also, I think that the tackles that this guy makes, and you can see, like, you, you, you think he's like three yards away. There's no way he can make a play. And then all of a sudden he jumps, he throws his massive body at people and, and he's making plays. So his tackle radius, I think, is another plus. Um, again, like I said, using that length to his uh, using that length for him. And you see that swipe that that was the big reason for those three force fumbles that that he caused last season. Um, I said he's not super bendy at a minimum. I think he's going to be a featured piece. I, I, I think his good fit right now is as a rotational defensive lineman um, and exactly what the Chargers need. I think he will eventually develop into a impact starter, but I think g- game one, um, this guy's going to be in the rotation. Um, I think he needs to work on that consistency, that technique a little bit. Um, that will, he, if he can iron that out, I think that's going to be the key to reaching his full potential. Um, but for a defense that needs a gap control defender, a guy who has a unique and versatile penetration style, um, you got a great guy in Zach Harrison. And so that length, the stature, the athletic profile, that's all there. He flashes dominance and sometimes he's so exciting, just needs to do that more consistently, pick up his play speed, um, his recognition, his, his play recognition. Um, and then he does that. He's going to be a, a really solid player at the next level. Yeah, he's a he's a weird one because he was a it was a top recruit like top five top ten recruit in his recruiting class, and he yeah. just didn't seem to really put it together at a program that really pushes out pass rushers like no other. His development's just a little bit slower than I think you'd yeah. expect from somebody like him. You know what I mean? No, and, and that's that's his big knock, right? And that's why he's going to be uh, a third round pick, but for i think it's going to be a good fit this guy is going he's going to take some time to develop but for a team that has two star pass rushers just looking for some that third piece um i I think it makes a lot of sense just plug that guy in and and let staley work with him Uh, i'd love to see him develop in the in the powder blue all right well i'm gonna talk about uh felix another player that's kind of hard to (laughs) explain his name uh it's gonna be Felix Anudaiki Usmoa. Uh, I have a second round draft pick on this guy. I think he's really, really good from Kansas State. Uh, didn't really test at the combine at all. Uh, came in at 6'1, 255 pounds. He's a really, really talented defensive end who's gained a lot of attention really quickly. Um, he was only a three star recruit coming out of high school. He had some pretty impressive stats uh, 55 tackles for loss, 13 sacks in three years. I played in five games for Kansas State as an actual true freshman. Ended up only having like three tackles, uh, including his first career sack against Kansas. However, it was his sophomore season where he really showed some potential uh, as he ended up tallying 11 sacks, 14 and a half tackles for loss. I ended up getting six forced fumbles and he had a four sack performance against TCU. For one player to get four sacks in a single game, that's insane. Uh, He enters 2022 with really, really high expectations. Uh, He did enter 2022 with really high expectations, and he ended up coming uh, pretty high within those. Uh, He's got physical preparation for the NFL level, which is really impressive. Uh, It was only 220 pounds when he arrived at Kansas State. Now he's at 255 pounds, so he ended up gaining 25 pounds to look the part of an NFL edge rusher. Uh, Possesses really excellent length. He's really high cut. He's got long legs that allow him to move quickly. He's got good play speed, lateral agility. 
Uh, he's able to chase the ball carries back from the backside. Uh, he's got a really strong lower body, kind of a, a, an immovable object in the ground game, and he's really capable of standing his ground against larger offensive linemen. Uh, as a pass rusher, he shows some violence in his hands, uses his upper body length pretty well. Uh, he's got that, that that overall body strength. He's got a really compact, dense frame. Uh, he's converts speed to power really, really well. Tries to dip, uh, dip and rip moves and spin moves. Also sets the edge really, really well in the run game. Uh, he's able to locate the ball carrier, stopping them in their tracks. He showcased a lot of ability to overcome double teams in both the ground and passing game. I initially thought that he's going to be more of an interior pass rusher. I just don't think that he has the enough size to kind of do that. Might be a player that you can kind of move around and kind of NASCAR packages to go ahead and do that. Uh, but he's a really, really alluring draft prospect and a player that I think is going to have a really bright future in the NFL. Uh, one of my favorite guys in this entire draft class, because uh, I think that he was kind of unknown for a little bit. But, I mean, he really attacks the ball carriers. He's got some power and he's physical. And he, he's kind of fun to watch. Like, he's he gets excited. He's one of those hype guys on the on the football field. You've seen him here moving inside, uh, chasing down the ball carrier. He's He's fast. And he just gets it. And he's just a really, really fun player for uh, a Kansas State team that kind of over overdid expectations of what a lot of people thought they were going to do this year. Sweet. Last guy that I took a look at, and I really just did it because of the last name and the name recognition there. But I looked at Vili Fajoko, and if that name sounds familiar, uh, you got it. Brother, younger brother of Braden Fajoko, who I believe is unsigned right now. Um, kind of hanging out there and free agent purgatory. Sure. Someone's going to take a, a flyer on him because the Fajoko family, you know, that family breathes and dies by the football. The athleticism in that family is deeply, deeply ingrained. You know, Vili Fajoko is actually Vili Fajoko jr. So they call him junior, the dad, you know, Vili, the warrior from the university of Hawaii. We all know their second cousins to Vita Vea, the defensive tackle now for uh, the bucks. I think he's still on. Um, but with Fajoko, you got a great athlete, a guy who played rugby, um, on top of football throughout high school. Um, and you no, know, during his time as a Spartans been, been at San Jose state now for five seasons, became a multi-year starter for that defense. And you're getting a very fierce player, a one who's taken the fight to the offensive lineman relentlessly shows great strength and physicality in his play. And for a player like that coming from the Mountain Western Conference, San Jose State, uh, a, a, a conference where you're not really seeing the 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 talent level that you are in the SEC or some of these other big conferences that we have. You expect those types of players to dominate their level of play, and that's actually last year. Tackles, nineteen tackles for loss with nine sacks. Um, the guy is disruptive. I think the strength is his active hand, always punching dudes in the in the pads, engaging with his opponents, and then his ability to anchor, stack, and then shed blocks make him a very very valuable uh, run defender. I think that that's very impressive um, attribute that he brings to the football field, um, and he understands how to win against different blocking concepts. It, there, there's not one concept that he thrives in more than others um, really really adept at getting through um, blockers using his hands enabling him to flow with the football without getting bogged down um, so I, I think you know 
he will have to as a pass rusher, I think you've seen flashes, um, but you do kind of worry just because of the talent that he's going up against. Um, I think the 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 positive here is that his pass rushing has continued to increase um, every single season, especially these last three years. Um, whoop. Lost my place in my notes. Um, he doesn't have the most explosive or the quickest first step. I think that will hinder his ability to get vertical, get into the pocket quickly. Um, but the success of his game is really going to depend on timing the snap, his ability to use that hand fighting skill that he does and uses so effectively. Um, and he's shown flashes of being able to use the two hand swipe, which I, I love. It gets guys off balance um, and it just looks pretty cool when it, when it's uh, deployed correctly. Um, like I said, he's not, quick he's not the twitchy guy you're looking for he doesn't have the the flexibility to corner those steep angles um but he's more of a guy who i think is going to be a great run blocker or run defender because that's where he that's where he strengths when we're, we're hand fighting you're not going to beat fahoko on very many reps he, he's going to get by you he's going to make a play and it's usually in the backfield um and i think you, you, what, what you are getting though is an experienced player he's played in the in college football at the d1 level for five seasons he is disruptive out there on the edge he has the versatility to play from multiple alignments um i see him as a rotational run rotational edge defender um he has the ability to play both pass and the run so you're not going to you know need to own he's not going to be like a, a he's not going to cute you know what am i looking for we're going to move on. He doesn't have the explosiveness. He compensates that with a really high motor, a guy who's not going to uh, give up on a play. He's a really, really strong player. Uh, and I see his role as a, a rotational edge or a defensive end. I think he fits in really nicely for what the Chargers are looking for, which is some um, more experience, some more explosiveness um, from the, the third, fourth edge spot on, on the roster. And that's going to do it for the end of our uh, NFL Draft Prospects Edge episode. Um, if you go over to our, our website and take a look, we break down quite a few of them. I, I was, I've been doing a lot of scouting reports. Um, and we talk about all the top guys in the draft, uh, usually up to about the third round is, is to get as much of this content in from. Um, but go ahead, take a look. There's a ton of uh, ton of I lose you for a second. For a second. All right. Well, go ahead. Take a look at our website. You'll be able to find a lot of articles on a lot of draft prospects. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys later. I'm going to try to get out of here before I, I keep losing uh, access. Thank you guys so much for listening. Over now. out. Look, look, look.